Last year truly was a reality check for many investors. Investment themes that remained intact for decades quickly unraveled in 2022, forcing investors and numerous wealth managers to ditch traditionally considered safe haven assets like U.S. bonds and expensive growth shares. Well, where does that leave South Africans as we kick off 2023 with so many uncertainties clouding the investment space? Joining us to discuss this is Adrian Pask, Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth. Hi, Adrian. We spoke just before Christmas last year, and in that discussion, you highlighted the difficulties and opportunities in the investment space in 2022. Uh, Among the difficulties that you highlighted in our last conversation was the fact that there was very little in the way of safe havens with bonds and equities all on a downtrend. And here we are a little over a month later. What were the events in 2022 that gave investors a reality check, in your opinion? Hi, Kieran, and thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for the guys listening in. I think, obviously, we started off the year quite well initially, up until we went into war period. So, obviously, the war in Ukraine is a big surprise. I think it's been, you know, obviously a very, very long time since we've had war that featured on a global scale and affected many people globally. And that was a bit of a, a wake-up call. I think you know we we live in a world where times have modernised a lot, and I think you know for the majority of us we would think that this is largely unthinkable to have war that affects um, us globally. And even going back to that period of time, I mean, many people were concerned that it could very easily spill into a NATO conflict and globally become something much much bigger, which is obviously with that amount of a fear, even though the likelihood of something like that happening is very small, those fears do tend to capture the minds of, of investors. And, and we did see that affect markets. And it just felt like that was a perfect storm together with what we saw in inflation numbers, which obviously has been the highest since the late 1970s and early 80s. And with that, obviously, unprecedented interest rate hikes, especially if you consider the, the pace. So the last time we saw that was during that Volcker period in the late 1970s. And many investors that have been around, even professional investors, haven't managed money through periods like that. I think the one exception would be South African fund managers that are quite accustomed to higher inflation periods. I mean, we saw 7% inflation just in 2016. So it wasn't a big adjustment for us. But I think for many investors globally and even professional investors that came as a big shock and and a bit difficult to navigate. Something else that we've discussed was really a consequence of the the interest rate environment was the sell-off in growth assets and in particular tech counters, which which came as as a shock as well, because I think many investors just thought that you know, it's good businesses will never be under pressure. And I think we see that now we're going through a phase now where more and more businesses are announcing job cuts, etc. So it does clearly show that there is significant pressure on on growth expected and they're trying to manage costs as effectively as possible. And I think maybe also, I mean, obviously for South Africans, load shedding, I, I won't harp on it because I think we read so much about it, but that was very, very painful through last year in particular, which obviously impacts the sentiment locally. But again, just back on a global level, maybe the last one was was crypto assets. So even there, we experienced some pain. Not really, in our mind, an investment asset for, for investors. It's more for speculators. But still, just goes to show how broad-based the sell-off really was across different assets. I guess there are a few other themes that did come up in 2022. I mean, load shedding. We had more than 3,600 hours of load shedding, right? 
And yet the Aussie did pretty well last year relative to the rest of the world. Can you just talk about some of the investment themes that kind of struck you last year, the ones particularly that ran out of steam? Yeah, we spoke now briefly about the war and the energy crisis. And I think what we've seen over the last decade has been a good intention in terms of you know, getting a better energy mix, especially so in South Africa, but globally. And there's been a lot of pressure on dirty energy, fossil fuels to make, to our minds, at times somewhat unrealistic transitions into cleaner energy. These are massive infrastructure projects that take time and you need to be sensible and realistic as to how you can do this. Where there was a lot of capex just halted into those spaces which meant that when we ran into the energy crisis, we couldn't make sufficient adjustments to release new energy. And that meant that we needed to rely on these old fossil fuels to, to, to carry us through, which obviously meant that the oil prices rallied and many of the oil counters did reasonably well. And I think investors had to just come back to reality and, and understand that there's definitely a, a more of a transition than a switch that's going to be flipped. And as that happened, we saw things like if you look at the share price of Exxon, for example, oil company in the US, uh, the share prices was up 70% over the course of 2022. But if you look at something that could serve as a proxy for, for clean energy, something like Tesla was down 70%. And those are massive, massive differences. And I think previously investors just shunned the, the oil companies and invested in the new energy things purely just based on sentiment under the, the pretense that things will happen quite quickly. And it just goes to show you need to be a lot more pragmatic than, than that. The other theme that ran out of steam was, for me, speculative assets. And the poster boy for that one would, would definitely be crypto. So we saw a lot of speculation in, uh, straight through. I mean, just a few years back, we saw SPACs, for example, come through a lot of new IPOs on US exchanges. And those things are characteristics of easy money, a lot of capital flowing through. And we know that that was the case because there was a lot of fiscal support, a lot of monetary policy support. And those things came to an end. And as that happened, obviously, the appetite for speculative assets decreased. We see now how that can affect prices in, in those kind of environments. The other one that we also previously spoke of late last year was how people perceive good businesses to be good investments all the time. So it's, this comes back to, in particular, a good example would be the tech businesses. And they are phenomenal businesses, but they're not always unconditionally good investments. And sometimes they, they get very expensive. And if you buy at higher levels, you, you significantly decrease your possibility or probability of a good investment outcome there. Uh, so that I think also ran out of steam a bit. I think investors are a lot more cautious. And maybe lastly, a, a really big one is US government bonds that has always been perceived as the global risk-free asset class. And it's been in a bull market for 40 years. And all of a sudden we see bonds sell off. And I, I've got no doubt that many offshore investors weren't prepared for that. And we see it in some of the fund manager results uh, globally, I think. Most investors just expect that as equities would sell off, you would get that diversification support through your government bonds. And that was not the case. If you look at global equity indices, they were down roughly 18%. And in that environment, you would have traditionally expect your government bonds to be up and buffer some of your losses. But they were actually down 17%, uh, global developed market bonds. So that's material because it makes it very difficult for asset managers to diversify their portfolios. And, and we've definitely seen weaker results out of the fund management industry, especially in the US. 
It's interesting that you mentioned how Exxon appreciated 70% while Tesla went in the opposite direction. So the big sell-off in the tech stocks it sort of correlated with the what was happening in the crypto market. Are these themes likely to drift over into 2023? What, what are the themes that you're looking out for this year? You know, I think some of them are, are likely to continue. I can't see, for example, a massive uptick in in the appetite for speculative assets all of a sudden. It's just not that kind of an environment. And typically what happens when in, investors wake up to certain themes, it takes some time to, to turn that around again. So I think investors have become more cautious around how they consider investment prospects in even good businesses. But I think for this year, what's going to make it really, really interesting uh, is that I think there's a, a bit of a twilight year for us ahead in, in, in the sense that you know, if you look at something like commodities, excluding gold, there's been a lot of structural underinvestment and, and diminishing inventories that underpin support for higher prices. But at the same time, we're heading for a recession, and that's fairly well known. Every single indicator that you consider signals that we will experience a U.S. recession. So it, it's very difficult to see how commodity prices could be higher in that environment. So although the long-term story is very much you know, support for commodity prices, over the medium term, there would be diminished demand, but just based on the recession. And, and as growth fears escalate, you'll, you'll see some pressure there. The same could be said for things like US equities. Valuations are actually quite high still, which means that we don't favor that area of the market. But we know during a recession that will be favored again. The same for the dollar, that the dollar is also something that feels to us just excessively um, expensive, given the fiscal backdrop in the US. Yet we know that that's a safe haven asset and typically when, when there's a recession, then, then that does quite well. So how you navigate that is really interesting. So, I mean, you can decide to, to try and, and time it perfectly and, and be long those assets for a while and, until they run their course and then change your theme into the longer term. And, and many players avoid that situation because there's obviously a, a lot of risk in getting the timing right there. And you can rather look through the recession and get your positioning right longer term. So be short US dollar favor your commodities. But that's going to be a really, really tough ride, uh, potentially for fund managers and investors. So uh, long story short, I think the key theme for the year is going to be continued uncertainty as to how to navigate the situation, which brings with it uh, heightened volatility. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. I think the one benefit that we do see on the horizon is, however, that Fed Fed rate hikes will likely peak this year. So that's the other more certain things. So again, it brings some uncertainty because you have a recession, but then you see interest rate peaks and maybe investors become a little bit more optimistic around that. But these macro calls are so, so difficult to to get your head around at times because you can see the implications of various things. And depending on your mindset and your time horizon, you can interpret them entirely differently. And for us, I think we've reverted to consider these things and be pragmatic, be aware of the risks. But ultimately, valuations will carry you through to the end. So don't be too worried about how sentiment might change. Often investors, when they try to get this right, they get it completely wrong. If you follow valuations over time, you have a much better chance of actually getting your strategy right and getting good results for clients. I mean, you touched on one of the big themes that everybody seems to be discussing, and that's recession for this year, certainly out of the U.S. And of course, if it happens in the U.S., it's going to happen around the world. But also the peak interest rate cycle. Now, there is a time lag, isn't there, between peak interest rates and economic recovery. So are we really looking at a year where there's not going to be very much vibrant economic activity? We're probably going to have to wait for 2024. What's your view on that? 
Yeah, again, a very interesting question because, uh, you know, there's typically, a, as you mentioned, a delay between interest rate hikes that are affected in the economy to when they actually show you what the impact was of those same changes. So, for example, the changes that we saw even late last year is unlikely to have any impact on the economy even this year. It does more for sentiment, but I mean, in terms of inflation coming down, we'll only see that, you know, maybe later this year if we're luckier or potentially only next year. And I think that's what also makes it so difficult for the policymakers because it, it might feel like you're under a lot of pressure and you're behind the curve and you should be um, increasing or cutting but you don't really know because you haven't seen the effects of the last set of changes that you've made over the last three or four quarters. So that's really difficult. But I do think the halt in, in interest rate hikes, as well as lower inflation numbers, will get investors into a mindset where they are potentially looking for more opportunities. But there is a risk that you are too early. Um, one of the things that we also previously spoke of is the risk to profit margins for US firms and earnings consensus expectations. Both of those remain quite elevated. So there could be a, a, another leg down in markets uh, this year. But then hopefully, you know, when you go through these tough periods, they always set the tone for the next bull market to come. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those difficult things. You need to take the pain in order to get ready for the next cycle. And obviously what we try to do is to take as little pain as possible. You can't ever avoid all of it, but then be ready to participate in the opportunities when they present themselves during these shock periods. But I think it's very difficult to see how exactly this year will, will pan out. There's so many variables in play, as I mentioned, and how investors will, will position themselves will be key. I think the things that we need to keep in mind is to, I've mentioned this briefly before, is to be just really pragmatic in how you assess the situation. Distinguish very carefully between what is short-term and maybe less important versus things that are, are longer-term drivers and will add more value to your investment process over time. And it comes back to the component of following valuations. Yeah, I think that, that's sort of what, we, what we're aiming at for 2024 because it is definitely going to be an uncertain year on either side yeah we we look forward to following the story with you as the year goes it's certainly going to be a nerve-wracking and potentially very interesting year for investors so i want to thank you adrian pask who is chief investment officer at psg wealth